Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Now, we might have a bit, we might have to push it back just a minute. We might have to push back the quarterbacks with the most pressure on them. Ross Tucker just asked us a question. We had Jimmy Johnson on the show earlier today. Find that interview, 92, or excuse me, not 92.3thefan.com, cbssportsradio.com. It was a great time having Jimmy Johnson on. And Ross Tucker heard we had Jimmy Johnson on, and he asked a question basically of, what would you rather do? Would you rather play offensive guard just as you are? Say you're Bob Jackson from Morristown, New Jersey, and you're 6'3", 185. Well, you got to play guard against Fletcher Cox. Or you got to try to turn laps around Daytona. Your answer, Hickey, is what? Your you answer, me at a Hickey. Bad time. Oh my God! Yeah. What would you rather do? Would you rather play offensive guard against Fletcher Cox, or would you rather race a NASCAR stock car? You know, I think I have to go NASCAR. Right? That'd be more exciting. It'd be more exciting, right? Okay. No. Would you disagree? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree. I just I I was looking for a different answer. I thought you were going to say offensive line. Hickey oh, said NASCAR. I mean NASCAR. offensive line, yes, offensive line definitely. No, 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 no. That's okay. If you want to say NASCAR, say NASCAR. I just, I'm sorry. I was I was assuming and I made an ass out of myself. I assumed that you were going to say NAS or you were going to say offensive line. You say NASCAR. That's interesting. Uh let's get to uh, <laughs> Hello Billy Jack. Where you go where you go pick, bud? What do you got? Offensive line. Offensive line. How come? Because that's the first thing that came to my head. Really? What? What is it with you two? You guys can't give it. I mean, we, we've been doing this, especially you, Billy. You're you're here for two hours. Focus, son. Focus. It's the first thing that came to your head. That's the best answer you could give. Yeah. I want you to think for a second. Well, I'm going to get the James in South Carolina, and then I want a good, solid answer. Not something that's going to embarrass you in front of the entire damn country. Okay? Okay. So I'll put you on hold. Let me get the James in South Carolina. James, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Ken, since you can't get an honest, good answer from them, I'll give you one. Thank you. If I'm, if I'm doing it for uh, and getting paid, I'll play offensive uh, guard. But since you didn't bring up a money factor, I've ridden with uh, David Pearson five laps before at Darlington at 160 miles an hour. Wow. So, 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 by, so I know how safe those cars actually are. So I'll, I'll take the NASCAR over to concussion. 
Wow. <laughs> what a he- see now, James, thank you. Are you interested in producing CBS Sports Radio from noon to 2 Eastern on Saturdays, I, James? I would love to because that sounds like a lot more fun and a lot more money than I'm making right now. I'm in. All right, James, thank you very much. We might have to go out and get your uh, might get your application and get your references. Because I can't get anything good out of Billy Jack. You can't. Billy? I'm, just, I'm really deep in thought right now. No, you're not. You're messing around. And I was going to say another term, and you are going to have to dump me. That's not good. You're just goofing off over there, aren't you? No, I'm not goofing off. I'm thinking I, of it, Listen, we are in camp now. It's time for football season coming back around. It's time to focus up. We're not in the doldrums. We're not in the dog days of summer anymore, okay? Get out of it. Let's go. Focus up. Damn it. I feel like a high school coach. I'm about to put you guys on the line. You're trying to motivate me. I'll run you till I get tired. My old football coach in high school. Freaking amazing. I'll run you till the cows get home. I'll run you till I get tired. Put the ball on the hash. Keith Wakefield's in God. All right. Have you thought now for a second, Billy? I have. All right. What greatness are you going to come to me with now? Go ahead. All right, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna change everything I said. Have you don't have to change it. I just wanted a good answer. I didn't want the slack ass answer well, you just gave me. Well, your your question was, would I rather get in a stock car or be an NFL offensive lineman going at Fletcher Cox? Yeah. Okay. I'd rather get in a stock car because I don't oh. want, I want no part of Fletcher Cox. Why did you just look up how big Fletcher Cox is? No, but I I mean I I'm a little guy, so that wouldn't be good. Yeah, you are not that big. The difference is, though, I, th- I think people are, are getting this mixed up. And we got it mixed up with Ross Tucker. Fletcher Cox is a physical specimen, unlike a lot of things that we see. This is what makes football so fun. Baseball, like, you got pitchers, and they got a bit of a belly on them. Some of them do. Not, not as many as there was in the 90s and early 2000s. But you got a couple of pitchers, they might have a little bit of girth. But usually a baseball player has a look. Basketball players have a look. They're incredible athletes. They run like deer. And now because the body is changing a little bit, you get a lot more 6'6 to 6'8 guys, 6'9 guys, who used to be called tweeners. Now those guys run the league. In the NFL, you have specialists who are 6 feet tall maybe. And some of them found the weight room. Like I've seen Britton Colquitt. Britton Colquitt looks like he is Randy Macho Man Savage right now. But you see guys who are usually small, maybe diminutive in size. Maybe they look a little bit like Billy Jack, and they're able to be kickers. And you see wide receivers, and some are 5'6 and 5'7, but can run a good route and are really, really fast. You see running backs that way, and they're like Darren Sproles, and they have great careers. Then you see quarterbacks, and now Baker Mayfield, like, we got to be honest, he's changing the conversation about quarterbacks, only six feet tall. Drew Brees, only six feet, six feet one. Drew Brees is one of the most prolific quarterbacks of the generation. He's a guaranteed Hall of Famer. He's not the biggest guy out there. Then you have great big quarterbacks who are able to stand there and deliver. Typical drop back quarterbacks. 855-212-4CBS. What would you rather do? And then you got great big offensive linemen who move like cats. And even if you're paying close attention, especially to the left tackle, you're noticing that those are starting to change as well. They used to be heavier. They used to be bigger. They used to look bigger because the shoulder pads were huger. I don't know if that's even a word, but I'm going to use it. And so those guys look different. Now they look like big-time basketball players. I, that's what part of the reason that football is so fun to me is you have so many different people and so many different body types on the field at one point.
That's fun. And I think a lot of people get this mixed up. Like, I said NASCAR. I said stock car. One, and I wasn't going to bring this up to Ross Hickey, I come from a long history of people who work on cars who really, really like racing. I had a buddy in high school who raced, uh, he raced sprint cars, 350 sprints, not 410s. He raced 410s later. But he goes, get in. And so I have actually got a chance to turn laps in the sprint car. But I didn't stomp on it the way that he would stomp on it because I was afraid I was going to wreck it. And you sit in the thing all different, like kind of it's like a preacher seat almost. I don't even think Hickey's paying attention. So And that was back when I could fit in one of those things. So that was fun. I would definitely do that. I don't think people realize you're going to have more fun in the stock car. Like, yeah, the, the possibility that something really, really, really bad can happen. But you're going to have more fun in the stock car. Like, if you were going up against Fletcher Cox, I don't even think this is a conversation. I should have said this to Ross. By the way, that interview, Ross Tucker, CBSSportsRadio.com, very soon. I should have said this to Ross. Fletcher Cox isn't just going to stand there and wrestle with you. He's just going to basically push you over or push you by the side or blow by you and get to the quarterback. That's all he's going to do. Honestly, you you think about this. How much real physical one-on-one stuff is going to happen with Fletcher Cox? What do you think, Hick? Very little. Right? You think? I mean, he's a defensive, what, tackle? He's just going to run right through you. But but that's the thing. He is so used to having giant cat-like people because offensive linemen are great athletes. A lot of them are great athletes. Guys like, let's use Ross Tucker, a guy who can move like a cat, who's able to put paws on him, get his hands in his chest, lock up, get those fingers digging in his shoulder pads. God, they hate that. You know Fletcher Cox hates that. It's maybe the most physically demanding position on the field, being a defensive lineman, because it's every down. Okay? Think about this for a second, Hickey. So they get Ross Tucker out of there. How big are you, Hick? 5'11", like 170. And they put Ryan Hickey in there. And he's play. They gave you a jersey, and they gave you a helmet. They go get on in there, Hickey. Go on in. He wouldn't. I don't think he'd bother with you. I don't think you'd have to touch anybody. Are you sure about that? If they do anything on purpose, it's a penalty now, isn't it? Yeah. If they blindside you, it's a penalty. Why is he hitting you? He needs to go after the guy carrying the football or the quarterback. Fletcher Cox doesn't need you. You get on the field in an NFL football game in this fictitious world that Ross Tucker has created for us. I'll say this, though. You've got to be a NASCAR way driver. from point A to point B is a straight line. So he's going to run right through you every time. Like He's not going to run around you. It just takes longer, especially if it's the plays going the other way. He's going to run through you. I rather, I mean, that's why it's not I, even a question. It's the but NASCAR you're not, 10 out of 10. You're, you're not go, exact, but you're not going to put up much of a fight. I don't think you get much fun out of it. He'll just grab you and throw you by the side, and you'll fall by the side, and that's it. Yeah, and like then 100 times in a game. Yeah, but no, say you're there for a series. It'll happen three times because it's going to be a sack each time, and your hope is that you don't get trampled, and then that's it. If I got to race a stock car, which I've always wanted to be a race car driver, I never really had visions of grandeur of being a football player. Like, I would love to get out there once and get in a stock car if I could fit through the window. <laughs> it's true. I couldn't fit through the window. Let's be serious. But if I could get myself down where I could fit through the window and they go, okay, here's a car. Turn the laps. I'd love to get out there on a great big track, not like Pocono because I'd definitely just put it right in the wall, but somewhere that could handle it and have some grip. Get down there in the corner, turns one and two down Talladega. Take it right up there next to the wall, brother. I mean, that's the way it goes. You want to talk about grip? You're going to get there, especially when you're going as fast as they go. 
170, 180, you got the restrictor plate on you, I'd like to open it up and see where it could go. Obviously, you're going to do a few laps to get yourself ready, and then, yeah, let's see what we can open up. Let's see what we can do here. Hickey, what's the fastest you've gone in a car? 100 miles an hour exactly. Billy Jack, what's the fastest? I'm the same, 100. Billy Jack's probably like a rickshaw or something like that. Uh, 100, see, 100 miles an hour. See, you get to a point where that becomes comfortable. You will get to a point where you can focus in. I, it's 100%. NASCAR all day. Don in Miami. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Don. Hey, how are you guys today? Wonderful, Don. Go ahead. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm 5'10", 220 pounds, played a lot of football all my life. I'm 62 yeah. years old, and I'm paying for it. So put me in a NASCAR any day. Yep. I drove I drove at Charlotte one time, 30 laps, and 180 miles an hour is just the best rush you'll ever get. You see, th- this is what I'm talking about. Don, thank you very much. It's not even a conversation. Someone call Ross Tucker up and say it's not even a conversation. It's NASCAR, hands down. Thank you very much, Don. It's NASCAR, hands down. It's standing there against Fletcher Cox. Either what, it, what, what if he does want to pound on you, then that's over. Nah, forget it. NASCAR, the whole way. 855-2124-CBS. Hear both those interviews, though. Jimmy Johnson and Ross Tucker and Ari Temkin, who had some great stuff about the Big 12 and had the great stuff about the Cowboys, which we'll talk about in 20 minutes because I think Zeke Elliott really has the Cowboys in a bad situation. Up next, so I said I was going to get to it all day. I'm going to get to it right now. Cowboys, no. Raiders, hmm, Teams with pressure, but more importantly, quarterbacks with the most pressure they got on them in 2019. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. God, I love that song. Man, I love that song. Football season around the corner. Hello, friends. Jim Nance alongside of Tony Romo. I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. One day we have to have a segment about what Tony Romo has done to reinvigorate Jim Nance on during NFL broadcasts. Can we we be honest with each other about this? I know that it's technically the same company. Like, Jim Nance was good. He was still good. He's on another level with the energy of Tony Romo. Am I wrong? Hickey, I think I'm right. Another level. Another level. All right. Well done, Hickey. Dynamite drop in. The broadcast school is really paying off. All righty. I said I'd do it. Here we go. Quarterbacks with the most pressure on them. And I actually tried to come up with a scientific way to do it, not just my usual half-assery of trying to make some sort of a weird argument about emotions. I sat down last night. I had about, oh, six dozen, Baker's dozen, Miller High Life's. And I came up with a score, a pressure score for the quarterbacks with the most pressure on them in 2019. And how I did it is I took five categories. I took the team that they play for. That's the owner. That's the organization. Those are the players that surround them. The general manager, the whole thing. I took the team that they play for. I took the coach, offensive guy, defensive guy, how much he has left on his leash, how new he is. I took the media. 
how much pressure is put on them in sports talk radio during those big-time midday TV shows, how much pressure is put on them in their local markets, how much pressure is put on them on TV, how much pressure is put on them just with how we talk about them. I took the fans. How many fans call up Sports Talk Radio? How many fans post on message boards, on Pro Football Talk? How many fans boo them when they come out? How many fans are upset and hang towels over the freeway like they used to do in Cincinnati about Andy Dalton? I took the fan pressure that's in there and personal. What they get with endorsements, what they get with their own careers, whether or not they're in jeopardy of still being the starting quarterback in the NFL, whether they're trying to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, how young, how old they are, their hardware that's involved into it. Is the guy a borderline Hall of Famer? Is the guy already going to be a Hall of Famer? These are what I brought up. Five different categories. The score of five meant the most pressure believed to be in these separate categories. A score of one in each separate category meant the least pressure. In the NFC, the quarterback with the least pressure, Drew Brees. And I already have people going, Ken, there's no way he's got a ton of pressure on him. We love Drew Brees. He's a Hall of Famer. He's already a Hall of Famer. He's a fantasy football darling. He's done amazing things for New Orleans. He's been great in the community, which is also in the personal scenario. He's been great in the community, and obviously he's still been great as time has gone on. The New Orleans Saints are reinvigorated. I know that Michael Thomas wants a contract, probably deserves one. What's he going to make, $1.1 million this year? That's ridiculous. So you have a team that's still good around him, and so that team is so good I put a two for the team, one, Sean Payton. People love Sean Payton. It's almost political now. He has he has turned into the Senator Conklin of the NFL. I put pressure quotient there as a one. Media, people love Drew Brees. I just got done continually talking about him and, 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 and putting his compression shorts in my mouth. It's a one. Fans, he can do no wrong in their eyes. It's a one. Personal, he stands almost alone. It's a one. It's a six overall. There's no pressure, no matter what we want to say, on Drew Brees. He's already won a Super Bowl. If he finishes with one Super Bowl, he's already one of the greatest of the generation. He's already a quarterback who's beloved. If he gets a second, it's just fantastic. There might be pressure to get a second, but there's really not that much pressure. The guy with the least amount of pressure in the AFC, I bet you can guess, it's Tom Brady. The team, two, you can maybe put a three. I know that there's no Gronk this year. The Patriots just have a way of figuring this stuff out. We make big deal about their offensive line at times. Tom Brady makes up for that play. They bring back offensive line coaches. It changes the conversation. It changes the conversation about the secondary. They find a way to retool, and part of that is obviously because of Tom Brady. So maybe some people are making a big deal about the Patriots. I put it in there as a two. It's still very little, or it's still at least under the average. Coach, media, fans, personal, I'd put zero for coach if I could. I can't. I only put ones for each one of those. Tom Brady could probably be governor of Massachusetts this afternoon. Fans love him. Media loves him. I guess there was a couple of things I could bring up from Good Morning America about the the cliff diving thing, which, again, if your kid wants to cliff dive, you better be all in or all out. There's no just falling off the diving board and kind of half half in it. I took Tom Brady's side on that. Regardless of all this, it's still a one. I gave him a six overall. The quarterbacks with the most pressure on him. By all these metrics, team, coach, media, fans, personal. Score a five, the highest. Score a one, the lowest. Clocking in under all five with a score of 20 in the NFC, Matt Stafford. Team around him, I still question. 
I know Darius Slay wants a paycheck. I know that they've gotten a little better defensively. They just signed Mike Daniels. I still think Matt Stafford needs to play out of his shoes. I don't know if anybody likes Matt Patricia outside of Matt Patricia's family. I put that at a full-on five. Media, I think it depends on what type of year it is. I think it's a three at least for Matt Stafford. Fans, I get calls all the time about Lions fans wanting to trade Matt Stafford. I put that as a five. Maybe I overvalued it a little bit. I put that as a five. Personal, by the time it's all said and done, and you're going to think this is nuts, he's going to have 67,000 passing yards if you extrapolate the stats. He'll have over 400 passing touchdowns. Those are Canton numbers. Now, he's not going to Canton, at least not right now, but those are Hall of Fame numbers, folks. I put him at a 20. Over in the AFC, I put Marcus Mariota as a 20. Team needs him to play well. It's put up or shut up time. It's been a few years. Mike Vrabel's a defensive guy. Sometimes I think he's a bit of a lout. I didn't really like the whole cutting off his you-know-what. Leave that to the big Lebowski. Don't be cutting off your Johnson to win a Super Bowl. Media, I think it's time for the put up or shut up. I'm a member of the media. I say it's a four. Fans, they seem to be pretty supportive of Marcus. I put that as a two. Personal, it could be all or nothing this year. If they fail to make the postseason again, he could cost some people jobs. He could cost himself an opportunity. I think the worm turns this year if they're not able to make the postseason. They're still a decent football team. I put him as a 20. With a 21, there's two guys in the NFC. Jameis Winston... I almost wanted to put a 25 here. The only reason that saved him was because of Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is in his mid-60s. He's in overtime. People love Bruce Arians, though. I gave that maybe a two. People love Bruce Arians. Everything else, five for team, five for media, the off-field stuff, four for fans. I think that a lot of people have started to turn the other direction on Jameis Winston. I know he's a Florida guy, but I think they're wondering, were we sold a bill of goods? Personally, people wanted to love Jameis Winston. When he was at Florida State and they inundated you with how big of a leader he was, how motivational he was, and he completely dumped all over that. It's a five for him. He's up at 21. There's a lot of pressure on him. The other one, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has made his bed. Now he has to lie in it. A new head coach, a new lease on life. I think he is chasing Tom Brady. I think he is chasing another Super Bowl. One more Super Bowl before it's said and done. People don't seem to like him the way they like Drew Brees. And now that he got rid of Mike McCarthy, it's on you. It's your football team now. And you used your scapegoat. And I know that that team does not do a lot without you. And that should be given. That's why it's a four right there with team. And you should be stood up in a very great light. But I just don't know if people see it the way they do. People are down on Aaron Rodgers. Coach is a four because he's new. Media is a five. Fans are a three, maybe at 35, 36. People are starting to look and see who could be the future of the Green Bay Packers. Personal, because I think he got so tight over the last couple of years, the injuries mounted up, the fighting with what happened with his head coach, I put it at a five. He's a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Maybe I went a little bit overboard. I can see you thinking that, but I put it as a five. Overall, he's got a score of 21. In the AFC, the score of 21, Baker Mayfield. Five for team. He's the only reason that this thing has gotten turned around. He's the only reason that they went out and got Odell Beckham Jr. Freddie Kitchens, the only reason he's the head coach is Baker Mayfield.
and his relationship with him and what he's done offensively with him. That's a 5-2. Media, it's a 5. You either love him or you hate him. People who love him, they're staking their personal reputations on, on Baker Mayfield being successful. The people who can't stand him, they're staking their personal reputations on that. I question people about the Baker Mayfield thing because you're only giving me his mouth. I can't find Greg Cosell or anybody to give me real strong evidence on film that tells me he's a bad quarterback. Fans, they love him. It's only a one. Personal, I think there's a five. He can change the conversation about quarterbacks altogether. He's got a 21 overall. But he's not the guy who has the most pressure on him in the AFC or the NFC. In the NFC, the quarterback with the most pressure on him, a five for team, it's young with the exception of one old wide receiver who's a Hall of Famer, a coach who was a college flameout, and somehow by the Peter principle became a head coach in the NFL. He has a general manager who drafted a quarterback, got rid of him, hired a head coach, got rid of him, all in one year, still has a job. Media, a lot of people thought he should have played baseball. Fans, I think they like him a lot. Only gave it a two. Personal, maybe he should have played baseball. He is a very small size. He's still a different type of quarterback. Clocking in at 22 with pressure, Kyler Murray. The most pressure in the NFC. To change the way that people look at the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Keim, Mike Bidwell, and that he should have played baseball. And to give himself the opportunity to follow his dream in the NFL. I think he's got a 22. In the AFC, you thought it was Mayfield. It wasn't. This guy's team needs to get off the mat. They were for a second. They need to get off the mat. This guy's coach. I feel this guy's coach is a guy who spends, is like a husband who spends a little bit too much time on Instagram. Technically, he's still faithful. He's got the wandering eye. Media, I think we've forgotten about him. And in terms about that, that's putting a ton of pressure on him. Fans, you're going to a new place soon. You're going to need a star. Those fans want a star. That team's going to want a star. That's what factored into him being a four with the team and being a four with the fans. Five, he's carrying his brother's torch. Derek Carr clacks in at a 22. John Gruden, absolutely that guy. Technically, he's faithful. He is liking some tweets and liking some Instagram that I think that if, as a coach analogy, your wife would be questioning you. Derek Carr has the most pressure in the AFC. Not about going to the playoffs, not about a Super Bowl, but about what he's doing for his own career. It's Derek Carr in the AFC. It's Kyler Murray in the NFC. We'll see who you think coming up next. And also, Zeke Elliott has the bull by the horns. More like the Cowboys by their short and curlies. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Final segment of the day. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Like Craig and Lansing, Michigan's been on hold forever. He wants to talk about running back value. He wants to talk about Zeke Elliott. I know that Craig's going to make sense, and he's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Craig, let her go. Hey, man. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate it. Um, you know, here's the thing. I, I followed Ezekiel Elliott and Jordan Howard very closely their rookie year because they were rookies, and I'm a fantasy football player, but let's just look at it from a football standpoint. That year, um, Zeke ran for a little over 300 carries, averaged five a carry, had uh, 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns. 
Uh, in second place in the league, in the entire league, was Jordan Howard, 1,300 yards off of 252 carries, averaged 5.2, only had six touchdowns, but the man was playing with Mike Glenn. He wasn't playing with a guy that was going to get signed for $28, $30 million a couple of years later. I think that Jordan Howard, you make a great point. They got him for a sixth-round pick. I mean, are you kidding me? So how in the world can Ezekiel Elliott be leaps and bounds ahead of him as far as talent goes? When you're talking about money, I don't think they're Boy, that's that a great far point. off. Because that is because a great point. But season. Craig, I have to factor in also when we're talking about the value of a trade and we're talking about the value of money. Now, the value of money is that's I don't know how consequential no, I, I that is with just, another team. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just meant to throw that in there. I thought you made a great point about adding in the trade. Now, the money's different. Now, the Cowboys are sunk without him, mm-hmm. but in reality. They're not going to be able to, you know, they're not going to be able to just go out and get somebody just like him, but they may be able to, to uh, do, look at the Patriots. Do you think the Patriots would pay Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, no, do you think they would no. put up with this crap? And, nope. and yet they win Super Bowls all the time. Yep. So I just think there's something to be said about that. Yep. And we're seeing this league change, Craig, where, you know, so many people, I, and I heard this earlier this week. Thank you very much for the call. When Brett Favre talks about how he thinks that Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield plays most like him. And, and, and I did hear a couple of hosts going, well, gunslinger, I'm not sure if we want to call guys gunslingers anymore. League is becoming more and more like that. You'd rather take the chances pushing the ball down the field. You really would. That's why guys are willing to trade. General managers are willing to trade first-round picks for wide receivers. Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham Jr. I don't have to worry about Amari Cooper and Odell Beckham Jr. off the field, though. Well, technically, Odell on the sideline. But you get what I'm saying. I'm going to trade for Zeke Elliott, who is a number three overall pick, right? Number three who makes a huge difference to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to trade for what? And I got to pay him. And I got to worry about him off the field because he's in legal trouble every single offseason. Why am I going to do that? It's just a bad investment for another team. It's a bad deal for the Cowboys unless you're trying to salvage Zeke Elliott. So I say the only difference you have or the only choice you have is to pay him. Your quarterback's nowhere near as good. You can extrapolate those stats, and stats, and I got them in my folders. If you want me to bring them out, I can bring them out. Your quarterback's not nearly as good without him. He needs him. Your football team needs him. He's the one that stirs the drink, not the quarterback. The Cowboys did this backwards. If they fail this year, I can say that wholeheartedly. I can't say that just yet. Dak's not that bad. My God. But you know how he is in the red zone, and that ain't good. And you know who helps him in the red zone? Great big running back who's able to catch the ball out of the backfield and keep things safe and certainly take it to the house when you're in the red zone, like Zeke Elliott. But I can't trust him off the field because he's continuously goofing off and putting himself in a bad spot. And the NFL, like a caller said earlier, boy, just does seem to want to do something to him, don't they? So you got that going against you. But I can't let go of Zeke Elliott and put it on Dak Prescott. I got to pay Zeke Elliott, then I got to pay Dak Prescott. Because you're 10 and 6. You're not 6 and 10 or 5 and 11 or garbage. The Cowboys are maybe the most interesting team in the NFL. They are so talented. They're 10 and 6. And you got a question at quarterback, the most important position. You have a question at running back, your best player on your football team. And now he wants money. He wants money two years early. And everybody says, well, he's been arrested. He's been in trouble. He has continued. He's been suspended. He showed up after a suspension out of shape. There's a lot of things here that would make me want to trade him. He's a number three overall pick. 
And he's the best running back all around, arguably the best running back in football all around. What value are you going to get back that's even close to what he is? He's a running back, not a wide receiver. You're going to take a bath. I'd rather just pay him the money and hope that he's able to get his head out of his ass and figure his life out and figure out that he has Hall of Fame potential at this position. He has a chance for life-changing money. He is, when he's motivated, a hard worker and a physical freak. And there's been times where I'm painting him out to be a bad guy. He's done some really great things charity-wise. We need to make that abundantly clear. I think that Zeke Elliott is confused about himself. He's probably a bit immature in his 20s because he is prone to do some really nice things, which makes this very weird. And they need him. If you're a Cowboy fan, you know damn well Dak Prescott needs him. You know damn well that football team needs him. Because I look everywhere else in the NFC. I look everywhere else in the AFC. When we talk about great football teams, it starts and finishes with the quarterback. Your team's a team that could go to the Super Bowl this year. I don't say that lightly. It don't start and finish with Dak. It's with 21. Not the other guy. 855-2124-CBS. And the way that things seem to be, he knows that the market isn't that good. He knows the Cowboys don't want to give that up. He knows that he's underpaid. He knows that Dak needs him. He knows that they're 10-6 and and the only chance they have to be even better is around him. Tell me where Zeke Elliott is the loser in all this. There's none. I can't do it. He doesn't just have the bull by the horns. He has the Cowboys by their fellas. He's the winner in all this. And it's just, ah, just trade him. Yeah, get someone else. Okay. If you had Deshaun Watson, I could see that. If you had Andrew Luck or even Baker Mayfield or, God, even Sam, I mean, even some of the rookies, Sam Darnold, some of those other guys, I'm okay with it. Some of those other guys, we're not expecting Super Bowls out of them. That's, I'm not expecting a Super Bowl out of Baker Mayfield this year. It's way too soon. Way too soon. It's a young football team. None of those guys have really any experience at all. Odell Beckham Jr. just played in one playoff game and was targeted a couple times. Didn't play that well. And even he'll admit that. Hey, I don't put that on them. I certainly don't put that. I don't put, I don't really don't put, even though he's been to the postseason, I'll put it on Watson. I do put it on Mahomes. Well, you're not going to do that with Patrick Mahomes. So really, you need Zeke Elliott. And he knows you need him. And that's why he's not coming to camp until you pay him. And if I were him, and if I were his agent, I, I, I really wouldn't come to camp until you pay me. 855-2124-CBS. Look at the Mark in Knoxville, Tennessee. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Mark, thanks for your patience. Go ahead. Uh, no problem. Uh, I, I would say the only thing I disagree with you about in the uh, NFC is uh, Eli Manning. I mean, the okay. team with the history, his past history of either being fantastic or absolutely sucks. And, uh, you know, the pedigree with his brother. But uh, I would say he's probably got the most pressure this year. I mean, it, it's either this year or he's gone. He has and, a lot. Uh, when I did this, when it stay with me, Mark, when I did the, when I did the, uh, the score for him, there's a lot of high scores here. There's a four, there's a three, there's a five. The coach with Pat Shermer, you know, I could give or take with that. And when it comes to the personal stuff, I only put a one on there, Mark, because I don't know if you heard the NFL Network clip. He seems pretty confident in what he's done in his past and what he's done in his in his entire career. And I got to tell you, the Giants and their falter, I could give him an excuse of a bad offensive line, coaching, general manager, picking the, that that entire thing. 
I think personally he's kind of sad. That's why I only gave it a one there on that score. I think there's no pressure on him personally. I mean, it, it's it's basically I was just looking at it from the media point of view. Mm-hmm. I mean, New York media is absolutely brutal. And like I said, he's he's either been on top of the mountain or an absolute bottom of the valley in his career. And, That's true. Uh, yeah. And, and it has been some of the players. And, I mean, it, it's just crazy the, the, the expectations he has. And uh, I would like to bring up something about Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I'm from Ohio. I'm a Buckeye fan. always will be. But, uh, you know, it's like, my gosh, guy's got to grow up. He wants to be all the stuff he says he wants to be. He just needs to shut up and quit doing stupid things. And, but, and I would agree if he were – and, Mark, thank you for the call. I'd agree if he was just basically with anybody else. We had Ari Temkin on the show earlier. He's a Big 12 analyst. He is on the Cowboys radio network. His first thought was to trade him. Hit it. I'd trade him, but I'm a crazy person because I don't <laughs> think running backs matter. And, look, Zeke is the best running back in football, in my opinion. And Since 2016, he has 600 more yards than any other running back uh, running the football. 600 more, and he's missed eight games since 2016. He also has 100 more yards from scrimmage than any other running back. That's 100 more than Todd Gurley since 2016. So he, he's the best running back in football, but he still doesn't make a difference. That's how that's how unimportant running backs are in the modern game. The Cowboys were three and four and had one of the worst offenses in the NFL last year with Zeke Elliott and without Amari Cooper. I watched Dak Prescott in those games without Zeke Elliott. It felt like he got depanced right there on national television. I think they're in a tough spot, and because of where that team is and their expectations, I think you got to find a way to get the guy paid. Maybe you need to backload the contract because of the cap situation you're in. Usually, we like to front load it, but I think you need to backload it. That's a little inside joke. Big thanks to everybody back in New York. Hickey, you did wonderful. Billy Jack, you did great. Everybody else did great. I'm Ken Carmen. I hope your weekend is great. Take care, friends. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.